Ladies and gentlemen, Prophet Jonathan Stidham. What's up, buddy? Hey. All right. <laughs> Come on. Hey, have, have you done stuff in Seattle before, or is this your... Just once with you. So in 2018, maybe? But outside of, outside of us. No. Really? No. When you come here, what, 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 like, are you a filler prophet? Like, like some people are fillers? or in some I kind of move within either the Sirenabi or filler realm. They kind of interchange with each other. So, so. when you're coming into an atmosphere, you start picking up stuff. Like, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, kind of. What, what, what do you sense in our atmosphere when you're, when you're coming into Seattle? Yeah, you know, the, well, this time I, I I felt the undercurrent, man. I just felt that expectation to break out in revival. Wow! So that was yes. beautiful. So, you know, what I, what the Lord was speaking to me is angels um, that had left the region have returned to the region. Oh wow! Come on. So there's a returning of angelic activity. Um, the strong man, the angelic strong man. Um, so I I just and so that's what I was seeing. I was seeing the trumpets blow, the angelic trumpets blow. Um, and that I was prophesying over Steve. I saw the wind instruments come through. So um, worship is the activation. Is yes. the is the activation. Yes. And so we, you begin to move in those realms of authority with those angels through worship over Seattle. Um, and so that's that's what I was picking up. So when I, I always explore. So when I start to feel something, I have to question God and explore what is this, and that moves me into visions. Yeah. So, there's something about worship on that really opens up a portal in spirit, not just oh, not just uh, in the, in the kingdom of God, but also in the kingdom of the darkness. Absolutely, right? like the absolutely. And stuff, they'll use music to open up portals and stuff. I was yeah. even thinking that there was this uh, Rolling Stone article on this band that was starting to get pretty big at one point in time, and it was like this Eastern kind of thing, and this mm -hmm. big guy, and, and he would kind of sit on a drum and kind of <laughs> speak in a demonic tongue, and uh -huh. all these celebrities uh -huh. would come, and people would go into trances and like just start passing out, Jesus. and like. You know, and like, and this was like this big kind of thing that right. you know, millennials and big CEOs were kind of getting into and stuff. But yeah, music and expression, like the expressive arts. Wow. So that's you see it in the Indian culture, but you also see it in the the demonic cultures um, where they dance. They they use their bodies, the motion of their bodies, to go into those trances and come into agreement with those spirits. Um, and I believe that's the church is losing that expression because we don't understand that when we dance and we worship to God with all of our being, we're actually becoming one with his spirit. Wow. We're becoming one with the spirit. So, um, so yeah, worship is so, so huge and vital, uh, and the expression of worship, you know, so. Yeah. And just being a prophet, being a filler and, and just seeing in the spirit, mm -hmm. uh, do you think that different regions have, uh, different DNAs when it comes to what the Lord wants to unlock in a region through its sound and through its worship. And, and when you're in a region, can you kind of pick up on like what the sound maybe should be in sure. comparison to maybe what, you know? Yeah. If you, if you go to the hills of Kentucky, yes. But if you go to Compton, it's, you know, so, and it's because people were made from the earth. Wow. And so the, the DNA, so when people come into the land of their belonging, what they do is they release a sound that, because their they their their being has come into cre uh, um, agreement alignment with the 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 place of their destiny. Wow! And it releases a sound, and those sounds then become the sounds either demonically or or uh, through the kingdom of God that govern those regions. It's those sounds, and those sounds then that the either print, demonic principalities or angelic principalities take those sounds to rule and govern over the people. 
So that's what happens, man. So that's that's why you see when you go to Compton, you know, you you know, you had the like insane clown posse. You had all those ice cube. You had all that stuff, right? Yeah, I know about yeah. it. I was young, you know. So, yeah. um, uh, but but what they did was they people used like insane clown. What? <laughs> yeah, 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 you had you know ice cube. You had all these people, <laughs> right, right? But the traumas from the land. Wow. provoked a sound wow. and what happened was they were inflicted by principalities because principalities need the sound to govern so the so these principalities cause infliction upon the people to cause them to release not the sound of the kingdom of god but a sound that agrees with their oppression wow. and then they govern over the people through that sound wow so now everybody's listening to it and everybody's jiving with it and everybody's moving with it. And what they don't realize is they are, they have now subjected themselves to the wrong authority through sound. What's fascinating is even as you're talking, I'm, I think about just the power of rhythm and cadence mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how it brings a unity. Correct. And without unity, there can't be a release of whatever okay. agenda, right? So it's right. almost like the enemy can use cadence and rhythm to bring a, a room of strangers into agreement yes. so that something can be released into that, that atmosphere and into that generation, which is kind of interesting. When the president walks out, what does he walk out to? Dun, 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 right? Wow. What happens? Everybody comes into agreement and they stand and honor that man. Wow. So you're exactly right. The cadence, the rhythm, the sound. Believe it or not, that's what we gather around. You're here right now because there's a sound that attracted you. God put a sound inside of you, right? And so you're a trumpet, Apostle Darren, in this region. Mm -hmm. So when you release that clarion call of what God wants to do, people hearken to the sound. Wow. Nebuchadnezzar used the same thing. Wow. He was just using it for his own selfish gain. He said, when you hear the sound, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. So he was given language to what the sounds mean. He was, he was actually being more spiritual than the prophets of the time because he was given language to the sound. Wow, that's like good. This, is, this sound means this, and this is what I expect from it. That is okay. This, I was cracking up because yeah, when the when the president walks into a room, the, right. there's that sound that's peppy, it's upbeat, it's, exactly. and it's a positive sounding exactly. song. Unlike when Darth Vader would walk into a room. <laughs> that's right. Bum bum right bum right. bum 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 bum. That's right. <laughs> right. And what's interesting, the reason why I bring that up is because every time we walk into a room, we carry yes. a sound and yes. a song, and we 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 need to understand that. We need clarity yes. as to what the Father's yes. sound and song is yes. for our life, lest we walk in with the enemy's sound. When Absolutely. we walk into, I think a lot of us we don't need, we're not even aware of our right. theme song when we walk into a room, so and good. I feel like that's where prophetically we can use the prophetic words of our lives yes. and use even like a week like this week declaration yes. so to good. get clarity regarding our sound and song. That's right. So that when we walk into a room, it, it people understand, oh, I, I know what you're about yes. based off of that frequency of our yes. sound and Worship song. is direction, right? Wow. Wow. So in wow. Judah, that's why they sent Judah first because they were, they were giving direction. Right. And so that's why this is so important. Right. You're holding this conference. It's so prophetic. Right. And what, what God's doing is he's given direction. Amen. He's given so that people, when people have direction, they have praise. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. when Israel lost sense of direction for their life that they lost their praise. 
So we have to constantly bring that the vision before the people so that they never lose their praise. Because if they lose their praise, then they'll, they'll end up losing the joy of their salvation. Wow, come on. You know, that's what was so important about David. His wife was like, man, stop this dancing. Stop this praising. He said, you don't understand. I have to become even more undignified. <laughs> man, the glory of God is here. Wow. I see our future. Yes. But where did he see his future? At Obed-Edom. That he left the ark. He left the glory. Obed-Edom is expanding. And so David says, oh, my goodness, look what God is doing there. So he saw his future in what he left behind. Wow. So he had to go back and pick up the presence of God. And when he picked up the presence, he said, man, we're, every six steps we're going to kill. Every seven steps we're going to dance and we're going to shout and we're going to sing hallelujah. And it was the praise, that in, the corporate praise that allowed Israel to see their future. Wow. That is so good. That's so good. Now, bro, uh, just before we went live, we were just chatting about yeah. kind of just uh, a bit of your, your origin story, a bit of your backstory. Yeah. And uh, so, first of all, right off the bat, thank you so much for your service man. to our country. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, it. Uh, you were in the, in the Marines. Correct. Uh, and how long were you in the Marines for again? Uh, five years, three months, and six days. Wow. Who's counting? Yeah. Who's counting? <laughs> and, and what did you do? What did you do in the Marines? Um, I was in a light armor reconnaissance battalion. So we were infantry and we got to shoot a lot of cool guns. You know, you were one bad mama jamma. You know, I try, Rambo's our favorite. Yeah. You know? Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> and, and you did a couple tours. Yeah. So I was in Iraq and then Afghanistan. Wow. Correct. Wow. And now, uh, so then you retired out of the Marines and you Correct. became a minister or... And that's where we were. That's where, where we were just kind of leaving off. Is mm -hmm. that you're actually saying that there was a ministry call on your life, and you were maybe involved in a little bit of ministry before that, or what did that look like? Yeah. So I was I was in ministry full time before I went in the Marine Corps. I actually went in the Marine Corps. A generational curse led me in the Marine Corps. Wow. Okay. So you okay? Wow. We just opened up a whole. All right. Let's camp. go. Let's do this. We're thing. getting started now. So I, I was, you know, I was adopted 18 months old. I was given up. My yeah. parents totally demonized, right? And um, we pray for their salvation. So it's, I was telling the congregation 16, I had this radical encounter with Jesus. By the time I'm just a little over 17, I mean, doors are flying open all over the place because of the, the, pro, the prophetic gift and the miracle gift that God had put in my life. Um, and so I was, I was literally full time, but by, by the time my 17th year ended, I was full time traveling. Wow. Um, when I was 19 years old, I got a call to help start a young adults ministry uh, on Friday, starting at 9 PM. We started with 30 people within a year. We ran over a thousand people. The glory of God was falling. People would leave at one, two in the morning and on Fridays. I was 19 years old. Okay. So, so you got to understand, um, this is why the church has to understand love in, in, in such a way, right? So here I am, and, and the Holy Spirit's the only teacher I had. You know, I didn't have, um, uh, you know, a pastor or somebody to just say, here's what you do, right? So I started dating this young lady, and I messed up, and I ended up sleeping with her. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, God told me, he said, you're going to go confess your sins to your, to your pastor, your current pastor. I said, I said, okay, you know, whatever it is, I'll do it. I messed up. I'll own it. You know, I, the conviction of God was so heavy. I just wanted to please God. Sure, you know, I just, sure. I just found myself in a bad situation. So I went and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to sit down for a while. Um, I messed up. I slept with my girlfriend and, you know, I just repent and whatever, you know. And I thought what I thought I was going to get was what God gave me, right? Like, hey, you did wrong. Own it. You know, get it right. 
Um, and I, I do believe that there are certain times where there are additional steps to that, right? And I was willing to go through the whole process. And what I got was this disgust, this, this disgrace. But, you know, in fact, um, by the time I woke up the next morning, he had called nearly every minister that had me in um, to tell him that I had, you know, had fallen and all this. So I was getting nasty texts, like what crazy stuff. What was the name of this pastor? Right, right, right. <laughs> You know, Let's call them. I mean, totally, totally nasty text. I mean, people demonized me, dude, dude, bro. It dude. was crazy, and it was my first experience with that type of spirit, man. Oh wow! And I said, "Oh my gosh!" Um, and, and so I, I went home and I said, "Man, I just I don't want this." Like, and I told God, "I said, God, if this is what it wow. is, I don't I don't want to be a part of it, right?" right? Um, and so what I didn't realize was the enemy had a plan. Now, I didn't know my real parents. So I, that hurt, that hurt drives me, that rejection drives me. I wake up one morning, I go and I sign up for the Marine Corps. I come home to my parents and my mom's like, what have you done? She's like, I'm going down there to tell them. I was like, mom, it's too late. I leave next week for boot camp. Like that's wow, how quick it dude, was. I was like, dude, dude, dude. you know, if you don't, if hurt is, is, whew. Wow. My friend, hurt can take you places you never wanted to go in life. Wow. It can, it really can, man. And um, and so here I am, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in boot camp. So long story short, I, I'm coming out of the Marine Corps and uh, my real parents really got a hold of that scripture of be fruitful and multiply. They just didn't get a hold of the scriptures as rate, train up your children. You know? sure, sure, so, sure. You got a little bit balanced, you know, yeah. no big deal. We make them babies. So, so it's like at least once a year, I would get reached out from somebody who says, hi, I'm your, I'm your sister or your brother. You know? Wow. Like, oh, yeah. oh, praise the Lord. I'm not sending you a Christmas gift. No, I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing. But um, so, so the young lady reaches out to me. She says, I'm your sister, uh, half sister. Wow. And she says, um, I saw that you're in the Marine Corps. Did you know that your dad was in the Marine Corps? I said, what? She said, yeah, but he, was, he got discharged dishonorably out of the Marine Corps. Now, here I am. I'm a wounded veteran. I've got an honorable discharge. And for the first time, I sit down. Now, I almost died, man. Like, the devil wanted to take me out of this world. It's only by the grace of God that I'm here. Wow. Wow, and wow. Um, I sat down and I said, oh my gosh. And the Lord told me, he said, you were so hurt that I, you wouldn't even have listened to me to let me tell you that the devil was using a bloodline generational curse to take you where you were going. And so I found, I was literally in the same place my father was. Oh my gosh, I'm, wow. I pray this helps somebody, wow. man. Because it, even when you're saved, though, it, that you opened one door. The devil's looking for an opportunity to bring you into a place of family hurts, family curses, family wounds, and you have to deal with those things. And so here I am, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a wounded veteran. I'm hurt. I'm frustrated um, with God. And now God is telling me, you know, hey, this was a generational curse that took you here. And I'll have to deal with that on top of the wounds, the frustrations. And I'm crying out to God. And I said, God, this is insanity. And I remember one night the presence of God there hovered over me. I was laying on the couch. And the presence of God comes and hovers over me. And God says, well, what are you going to do about it? Like, are you going to sit here and mope and you're going to cry? Wow. Are you going to get up and deal with this in your life and crush the spirit so that your wow. son doesn't have to deal with wow. it? So that your children's children aren't Come dealing on. with it, right? And it was the first time I really looked within myself to find out that the fight that I was fighting wasn't even Jonathan. 
The fight that I was fighting was my father's fight. Wow. And wow. somebody has to be strong enough to stand and say, I'm going to take down these demons right. so that my children aren't right. fighting my That's father's right. fathers That's and right. father's right. fathers and father's fathers. Because I realized something. I said, man, for the first time in my life, man, I said, I'm not fighting my fight. The things that are at war within me aren't even from decisions that I made. Wow. These are, these are decisions my father made. Wow. And now, now those desires, the appetites, the struggles, all of those things are in my bloodline. It, I did a whole study on this because I, I, I I'm going to do a yeah. detailed synopsis and I, I, yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. pass it back and forth. But yeah. did you know that in your bloodline, your DNA, you have what's called a signature. In every DNA strain in your body, you have what's called a signature. Now, this signature is a recorder of everything you ever go through. Hmm. So it records your good experience and your bad experiences. And it's what makes up the composition of who you are. So let's say that you go through something traumatizing. It's stored within your blood on what's called your signature in your DNA line. Now, Darren, you go 10 years away. Nobody knows what you experienced. Let's say you, you, know, you had an experience with a, you know, somebody in a church over here. Mm-hmm. 10 years later, you're in another church. Nobody knows this church. They don't know that person. They don't know your experience. But they, somebody in the current church you're in does something that reminds your signatures of that trauma. And now you begin to react to that person as if they were the person 10 years ago that hurt you. That's what's happening within us with those traumas and with those generational curses. Wow. And wow. they're driving us and they're molding us and they're speaking to, within us. This is scientific. This is proven. Yeah. Right? And so then that's when I begin to do a, a very detailed bloodline curse-breaking deliverance over myself to break off and I said God I want you to reveal every single sin my father committed against you and I want to break it out of my life and I'm telling you when I walked through that cleansing that purging it liberated my entire life wow it liberated my life it it set me free man that's powerful yeah that is so powerful wow yeah I remember uh going through you're you're familiar with restoring the foundations yes yes and uh I always tell people the hardest part about going through a ministry like that is filling out the application. It's not even so much the ministry itself. You got to be really honest because it's like the application is like a a thick thing, and it goes through every single sin known to man. And um, there's words that you have to look up in the dictionary, and then you wish, and then you wish you hadn't have looked them up in the dictionary. And you know, and and what I was told is that if you don't know, if you don't know if your if your ancestry committed these sins, just check off yes. Right. You know, and you're sitting there, and then you know, and you're filling out, you know, this your your morality report card for not just your life, but for for as far back as you know, and having yes. conversations with your parents, yes. and finding out what else is there, and just doing an inventory, so that you can take responsibility, correct, and ask the Lord to forgive you in your in your bloodline. It's such a powerful process, absolutely, that, that everybody should should uh, should go through something like that I where you can you. really just get things cleaned up so you don't have that kind of pressure absolutely um that unnecessary <laughs> pressure which you i know, agree yeah man that is that is so powerful and thanks again for your yeah. for your service bro I, I, that, that that that's that's awesome man I, I i just firmly believe right now that there are people listening yes that they don't realize the the driving force behind their decisions wow and and you keep waking up saying how did i get here wow how did I get here? This isn't the life I would have chosen. This isn't what I dreamed. This isn't what I desire. And I want you to recognize that in that moment, right now, 
that you can realize there is a real force. What is that force? It is generational curse. It is demonic spirits that your fathers, your forefathers, your mother, your foremothers, whoever made decisions to sin against God. And I just feel like, can we just take a moment let's and pray it. for these yeah, people? Let's do it. Let's so do it. I just pray in the name of Jesus that every demon, uh, every yeah, hidden thing, every every sin that your father and your mother committed against God that's working against you to take you places that you don't want to go and keep that continues to make you wake up saying, how did I get here? May those demons be bound and casted out of your bloodline in the name of Jesus. We just released the breaker anointing to break you out and to liberate you right now in Jesus' name. You don't have to suffer and you don't have to live the consequences of somebody else's decisions. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we break it, we sever it, and we ask God that you would set them on a path, a path of blessings, a path of prosperity in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. God is good. I think these things can be helpful as well, uh, perhaps for people that, that are getting set free right now. Yes. Uh, as well as people that are realizing the impact and the power of, of the spiritual world. Yes. And that the Lord wants to use us as priests in the lives of others Absolutely. to bring breakthrough. And so I think even as a result of this conversation, people will have discernment in other conversations that Come they're on. having. Saying, Come oh, on. wait, there's a pattern here. You yeah, know? yeah. Just powerful man um we've talked a little bit about just uh the the progression and metamorphosis that's mm-hmm. taking place within the church through world events and more specifically the this, the, this great interrupt that the church has experienced Correct. through covid uh, covid19 i'm always careful because we're on youtube <laughs> and so i know the second you say something like that the algorithms it, start it, clicking. It, like it like the, it we wakes didn't, up we didn't like, say anything bad youtube ignores you they don't really care and you say covid19 and the robot goes <laughs> listening listening anyways good times um get vaccinated all right, that gets us. That gets us, That puts the robot back to sleep. If I say get back, the robot will go. Oh, I, they're they're okay. Oh, I don't endorse this language. <laughs> Good robot sleep algorithm. Go back to Good algorithm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> shut down. Shut down. Shut down. Oh man. Good. Uh, okay. So before before the outbreak. Um, in the area here, we had some really big churches and mm-hmm. satellite campuses were mm-hmm. a big deal. And mm-hmm. the idea of a satellite campus is that you go to a campus and there's a live band. Right. Um, and then and then a screen comes down and, and then you watch your pastor bring the message on, on a screen. Right. And you got these satellite campuses that are really big, a lot, like, like a, lot, a lot of people in these things. And they're all over, all over Seattle, uh, any probably urban context or suburban, you know, this is a big thing. Since, since the outbreak... Um, Every campus that I know of that, that was satellite has, has, has had to shut down and is now renting out their satellite campuses to actual churches where they, wow. they, where they have human pastors on a stage that are, mm-hmm. that are bringing a message. Uh, it's almost as if people are like, we met together in person, mm-hmm. and then for a period of time, we um, uh, had to watch services on screens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now that we can congregate together, I'm not going to go to a building to watch a screen because mm. I've been having to do right. so it, it changed like a behavior within within the church so one thing that was working well is now no longer working the second thing that we noticed here at Sierra Bible Center 
is that since reopening, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we've been open for a while, but like our online numbers are, are way, 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 way down as a result of the Correct. oversaturation. Because you had many churches that didn't even have cameras or mm -hmm. internet. Mm -hmm. And because um, they thought it was a fad. And, you know, <laughs> so you have um, you, all these churches that during that time was like, no, if you're not online, you're right. not going to have services for how, however long. So it, it was like if you were on social media, right. it was like there was church services everywhere and right. pastors everywhere. And it was like social media got so oversaturated. We praise God. It's like scarcity creates value. Right. That's right. right. And it's almost like it's almost like when you're a kid. If you have a Twinkie, like, hey, that's awesome. What, but but if, if, you, if, you're, if you've got bad parents and they let you have as many Twinkies as you want, you're going to hate Twinkies. Yeah. And it's almost like that's what happened When Host just went out of business for that one year, yes. it was heartbreaking. Yes. But they're so smart, by the but way. This back. is a sidebar. Yeah, Hostess. they came back one year later yes. with new packaging. Come on. They said, we're bankrupting. Everybody went and bought all their food. Yeah. One yeah. year later, they're back. They said, I got you. Yeah, yeah. And they're like 10 bucks, I think, you know. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, no. So I feel like this has kind of happened in the church. I feel like, yeah. you know, and also like church staffs, like like we couldn't meet with people. So like the majority of church teams, like every, every from children's pastors, every, we all went online mm -hmm. and we just, we just flooded the social media market mm -hmm. with just content, content. And then on top of that, we were just emailing people. Like we didn't know what else to do except for like just flood everything sure, sure. to let everyone, we're still a church, we're still, and it's like, I, I feel like that, uh, that it, that now it's like if you see something from your pastor, if you see something like a live church, you just keep on scrolling right. because it, it's like, it's like the, the closet full of Twinkies and you're like, <laughs> no, that was really good when I could have one. But now it's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not really looking for it. I'm looking for a movie on Netflix, you know. So what I'm wondering is, bro, this thing has, has radically changed the behaviors mm -hmm. within, within the church. And I think that, uh, that for a lot of um, ministry dynamics, um, perhaps they haven't necessarily noticed that change. And I think that prophetically it's important that we're not just responding to what's happening in a market. Right. But that prophetically we're saying to the Lord, God, like, where are you at in this these huge behavioral shifts? Correct. And what is the responsibility of the church to hear what the Lord is saying to the sure. church in this time? So, Jonathan, what do you feel like? What do you feel like the Lord's really saying in this time as to how we are to pivot within sure. the body of Christ based off of what God is doing now? Yeah, I don't think we drop social media um, because it's such a great tool for the nations, right? But we have to realize that um, people are. Uh, predisposed now with certain opinions and traumas. There's a lot of six million deaths for this, right? So I empathize and I sympathize with it. Um, so the reality is, is that people um, are starting to awaken to want, first of all, that Pentecost is cool again. Like wow. we need the power of God. Wow. Right. Wow. And so the, and so that, the, that's true. Like it, tongues, it, tongues is yeah, getting yeah, cool man, again. Yeah. Church. Like uh, we need to pray. We need to seek God. We need the power of God. Why? Well, death does something to people. Wow. Wow. I mean, you know, when I was in combat, man, you know, the, the person who screamed, I'm an atheist and there's no God was the one crying when bullets were flying by some praying to Jesus or whoever they you know, they wanted to be their God at that moment. Wow. Um, but it definitely wasn't, they were, they were never cursing God. 
wow. <laughs> you know. Wow. Um, so, so death does something to people, and so uh, it's not returning. I mean, it's still the social media will forever be a great tool. Forever be a great tool, but people want to be touched. It's the James one. They're sick among you. Call up the elders. And so you, here's the reality: is we we can't rewrite the word. The word is the word, and so it's personal, right? And it's it's um, it's corporate. It's the gathering of the people. God never designed people to stay home and be by themselves and just watch internet church, right? It's good when you need it. Right. But it's not the design of God. It's we need to sweat together and cry together and worship together. And I think people are just waking up to the reality of, you know, that we need each other. And we in, in order to get through this, the, the humanity of the people know that to get through this, we got to gather together. So so I would say the biggest thing, Darren, is that Pentecost is becoming cool again. Yes. Yeah. Which we yeah. praise God for, yeah. right? So so many of the, the seeker-friendly churches, and God bless you because I believe that everybody has a part, so I'm not throwing stones here. What I am saying is even those within the charismatic movement, what they're finding out is, is that you did you, you tried so hard to restrict the move that you need it for what was here. And we need the power of God. We need the yes. move of God in order to endure anything that the enemy is going to come at us with. And so you're going to see places like yourself. You're going to grow and you're going to multiply and multiply and multiply. And I think you just have to brace yourself because um, people are realizing that's what I need. Wow. I mean, it's not even a, a want anymore. It's a necessity. Like, I need this, man. Look at the world. Look at the shape of the world. Um, so people need the Holy Spirit. And, and so for that, I praise God. Um, and so, so that's my take on it is when I look in the realm of the Spirit, when I see what God's doing, it's just that the, the move of God is, is being loved again. Come the on. movement of the Spirit is being loved again. I see preachers who would have been anti-certain things saying, whatever God wants to do now, let him do it. We just need a move of God, right? And so that's the only thing. Churches who know better, okay? Yes. Come on. And the reality is churches will not open again. Right. There were, there were many pastors that were fired and many churches that were not of Christ. And those will never open again. And we can't shed tears for pastors who were fired long before it was noticed. Saul was fired before he ever stopped becoming king. Wow, wow, wow. That's good. And so that's what we're seeing the ramifications of pastors who lost their first love, right? And, and it became a hustle or a job or for whatever reason they left the priesthood. Wow. And so the Holy Spirit had already departed. What they wow. had was great things. They had, and we, you know, praise God for excellence because I believe you should have an excellent spirit, right? Um, but, but they went into these different dynamics to draw crowds. The fact is, is that the, the crowds were anemic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were deprived. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so, so what they're doing now is they're running into places like this where the presents are, and they're getting so full they can't leave. And so it's causing this malnutrition to happen and, and these are drying up and they're closing down and they will not reopen. And God has forbidden us to pray that they reopen. Just wow. because it says church doesn't mean it was born from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, come on, <laughs> That's going to be no, brutal, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Remember that the, there's no such thing as a New Testament church absent of the movement of God. Wow. You right. do not find one church after Pentecost absent of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And, and this is just raw truth. And yeah. here's the reality. Half my, 
our family gatherings are amazing because my dad's side's all Baptist. My mom's side's all holiness Pentecostal. Yes, yes. Right? And so imagine that. But yes. what, what I'm seeing is even like my cousins and stuff who are Baptist pastors. So we got preachers everywhere, okay. Baptists. And so we have some really good Bible stuff. And sure. you know, you get around some good Baptists, the first thing they want to do is they want to open the Bible and they want to tell you how demonized you are for having the Holy Ghost. But I'm seeing them get baptized in the Holy Ghost now. Yes, come on. There's a hunger. There's a desperation in the people saying, what I have is not enough. We, we got to Jesus, but Jesus did not want us to stop at Jesus. He wanted us to have the kingdom of God, which is in the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right? And so, so there's this hunger. There's this desperation. My cousin now, he's a phenomenal preacher in, in, the, in the Baptist movement. He is filled with the Holy Spirit now. He's speaking in tongues. He's moving. And what we're realizing is that, was, that is the only DNA of the church. Yes. It's the only DNA of the church. <laughs> it is man yeah, yeah. They, were, they were speaking in tongues and healing the sick and casting out devils and miracle signs and wonders and that was what Jesus paid for yes and so what we have to do is stop calling every church a church wow you gotta be born of the spirit wow. that's what he told Nicodemus wow. John chapter 3 he said yeah. what must I do he said you must be born of the spirit and water yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and it sounds like we're being mean. I'm not even right. being mean because I love everybody. Yeah. I love my Catholic brothers, my Baptist, my Methodist. I went to a, ba a Methodist college. Yeah. That's where my holiness roots come from. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. holiness unto the Lord, John yeah. Wesley. But John Wesley was a powerful man of God. Yes. Miracle signs and wonders and people would be falling out in the spirit and thousands of people getting saved. And then we look at a movement that went from the, the circuit riders to be in the first movement to allow homosexual preachers in their pulpit. Why? They left Pentecost. Wow. That's why. Wow. When you kick the Holy Spirit out of your church, you allow sin to come in your church. Wow. Come on. Come on. Because come on. remember, Jesus did his part, guys. And he's doing his part as the mediator in heaven. But now the Holy Spirit is the one with us in the earth. Wow. I will send you one. He will be your comforter. He will be your teacher. Yeah. He will be your helper. He will be your empowerer. So the fullness of the Godhead, kick one part out, you kick all of God out. That's good, man. It, it is yeah, the truth. You deny the Holy Spirit, you deny the Father. Jesus said it's even worse to deny the Holy Spirit because Jesus doesn't kill people, but the Holy Spirit does. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does not have the same temperament as the Son because the Son had an assignment. The Son, Jesus, his job was to give life. What are you doing to me, man? You can interrupt You're me anytime good. you want. You're doing good. The son Jesus had an assignment. Guys, he said, keep the camera on him, though, okay? He said, please, no, please, man. I'm He's sorry. talking, not to... me. I, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, go, dude, go, go, go. He said, my assignment is to give life, and it's more abundantly. John 10, 10, he says, man, I, I came to give you life, but the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Holy Spirit had a whole different assignment. The Holy Spirit came as the practitioner of the kingdom. Wow. The ambassador, wow. the king. So he, see, he's in charge of governing the kingdom of God. And so when you have, when, when his job is to govern the kingdom of God, he's going to make sure the rules are highly enforced in the kingdom of God. <laughs> yes. So God said, when you, when you reject come on, him, come on, come he on. said, you don't understand. The son's job was to forgive you. The Holy Spirit's job wasn't. <laughs> That's good. It's man. not. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's job is to lead you into the fullness of the image of wow. Christ Jesus. Amen. Wow. wow. But but he had a, a holy the Holy Spirit has a totally different assignment. That's why he says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. And so we right. have church. You did this to me, man. This I'm, good. In a, I'm in a rhythm here. No, I appreciate this. You just keep going. Yeah, we we have a we have a whole 
We have whole churches that have grieved the Holy Spirit. Wow. We have people who have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Wow. Right? It is the only unforgivable sin. What is that? You call evil what God calls good. Wow. Wow. And, and wow. we don't realize, man, here's the reality. Jesus said himself, he said, many will stand before me, say, Lord, Lord. He said, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never even knew you. Why? Wow. You denied the Holy Spirit. When you wow. deny the fullness of the Holy Spirit, wow. the operation of the Holy Spirit, you were denying salvation itself. Am I right about it? Jesus said he will be me without measure. Wow. It's the Holy Spirit that leads you into relationship. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the reality of Jesus alive. Am I right? The Holy Spirit is the one who makes the Bible alive. That's right. How can you be in relationship with Jesus and deny the Holy Spirit? So there's three functions of the Holy Spirit. One, to lead you to Christ. Two, to bring, to bring the character of Christ in you. Three, to empower you like Christ. Those are the three, the three categories of the Holy Spirit. So you have, you, you saw Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us, right? You see Galatians chapter 5, the, the fruits of the Spirit, right? You see 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you see the gifts of the Spirit. All of these have to do with the Holy Spirit. If you deny any one of those, you've denied all of them. Wow. People don't want to hear this type of message, my friend. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to agree with it, but it is gospel. Yeah, and, and, and you said some difficult, difficult stuff, but I think one of the things that maybe people are wrestling with the most right now is that about five minutes ago, you said that social media was good. Yeah. And, uh, and the, reason why I, the reason why I hit on that is because of, uh, of an interesting conversation. This is a... A prophetic conference, and mm -hmm. I was just at another a prophetic conference just a couple weeks ago in mm -hmm. another part of the nation, and um, I don't know why they invited me. It, so anyways, uh, and it, what was interesting is... Um, Give yourself some credit. Man. Yeah, they invited me. I was like, I can make some stuff up. So they... Um, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I said, I'm Pastor Darren. I'm Pastor Darren, and I'm here to be pastoral. But, I'll wear a tuxedo um, t-shirt. Yeah, come on. With a, with a fanny pack over my chest. So I... Um, that was that was a lunch conversation with the fanny pack thing. Anyways, um, you had to be there. Some interesting things are happening uh, mm -hmm. prophetically within the prophetic camp, and um, especially prophetic conferences are interesting because you get to you get to kind of lean into a bit of the tension. That's nothing new. So tension within kind of the prophetic kind of stream, I think, is probably healthy to a certain to a certain degree. Right. And one of the things that's happening, and, and I want to get your take on this, because uh, we even dove into it a little bit yesterday uh, with Pastor Bonnie in regards to the prophetic, some of the sloppiness that's, that's taken place within the prophetic. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, how old are you, bro? I'm 35. Okay, 35. I just, I just turned 40. Don't tell anyone. I am. Um, <laughs> generation. You and Charlie are twins. Yeah, I know, right? 1982, classic 2000. Nice. Um, I wasn't alive. <laughs> Shut up. Um, no one cares. So we. Um, okay, so like previous generation, like like when it comes to the heralding or the or the declaration of sure. what God is saying. Sure. Um, there have been different ways. You were talking about that today with cassette tapes and and, and these different kinds of things. There was Correct. an era of cassette tapes, and then of course books have been pretty timeless, and books have been a way of kind of broadcasting different prophetic messages through the, through the church. But even the, the book process is a very timely process Correct. that involves 
editors and perhaps maybe even publishers, uh, uh, art, all that kind of thing. So we find ourselves in a, in a, in a very interesting time mm-hmm. in that anybody can publish anything. That's right. And that you don't have to have a publisher to vouch for you. You don't right. really have to have anyone to vouch That's for right. you. So anyone can publish anything at any time. And on one hand, this is amazing Correct. because it's it really is empowering. Correct. Um, on the other hand, it is hard, even I think generationally, to process uh, when in previous generations you wouldn't get a platform unless you went through a certain protocol. That's exactly right. And I think that generationally it's difficult to process that immediate influence can come on people when they haven't been through um, the traditional uh, process that has been typically managed within maybe an apostolic mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. But now within the kingdom, mm-hmm. um, uh, a person can establish a prophetic platform almost immediately and bypass any sort of apostolic. You're making me s- sit up. Yeah, <laughs> kind, kind, of, kind of process. And so it, there, there's a tension there because on right. one hand we're saying, awesome, praise God, we don't have to conform to a system, we don't have to tap dance for a system Mm -hmm. in order to get recognition so I can be promoted by your publishing firm. On the other hand, we can do ministry without any sort of accountability. And so what I'm, and and this all circles back around to this idea of social media and this tension, and even generational tension, that social media is no place for Mm -hmm. the prophetic. Mm -hmm. Well, when traditionally any place where there can be the opportunity for publishing a word to quantities of people, correct? Should there should be an invitation for there to be a prophetic discourse, and so uh, what's uh, how do you feel? So you you are a prophet, and you are in this prophet place, and you mm-hmm. interact with prophets, mm-hmm. and you've seen the abuses, and you've seen the like the incredible things that God's been doing through the prophetic. What do you what do you see as far as the role of social media at the tension generationally? And, right. and you can speak into that from a thousand different ways. Can't go wrong. But I just love to hear you and where you're at with yeah, some of this. Yeah, so good. That's the apostolic mindset of you. You know, because it is the tension of the double edged sword, mm-hmm. right? It's the beauty and uh, it's it's the beauty and the beast, and it's true. And and it's what the problem I have isn't even the prophetic words, which that's a whole nother problem that as soon as somebody prophesies, they're a prophet. And, and then my problem with this is it takes nine years to become Unless a, you're a pastor. Yeah. 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 And then, but, but here's my problem. It, it takes nine years to become a doctor and one day to be a prophet. Whoa. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be like, um, you know, I just, I actually just got on a young man at our church, you know, because when you're in a, prof, a prophetic house, mm. And, and it's good because the Bible says don't despise prophecy. But then everybody wants to be a prophet. And I just don't believe in that model. And it doesn't mean you're less valuable. Everybody Amen. just has a place. Amen. Amen. Right? Um, and so what we're doing is we're slapping titles on people which they don't understand the ramifications. And that's what's caused a massive problem in the body of Christ. Wow. Massive. Wow. Now, the bigger problem is, is that nobody's submitted to the word of God. Wow. Well, not nobody. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are. You know I mean? like, of course. Thank and, God that and, we are. Yeah, but everybody yeah, no, else. I don't know about anybody else. The 700 <laughs> over the mountaintop. Right. That's questionable. <laughs> I'm sorry. I make. I gotta. Right. You can't make blanket statements. I shouldn't make blanket statements. So, uh, the reality is, is that some of these people are not submitted to the word. Sure. And so we be. It's very dangerous um, 
to be gifted and not submitted. You're a danger to the body of Christ. You are. And if you are submitted to the word of God, then you, you have value of being under authority. Wow. And, and so because we, we live in the other double-edged sword is we live in an information society, mm -hmm. right? But we live in the most gifted generations ever existed. Mm -hmm. and, and you know this. I mean, the, the generation that I'm looking at, what took me years of praying and stuff, it's like, dude, they grab a hold of in a week. That's right. I'm like, dang, man. But it's just because for such a time as this, yeah. right? And so that doesn't grieve me. If you get it faster than I got it, praise Jesus. Let's keep going, right? What grieves me is that um, if you drink your own Kool-Aid, you become a danger to society. Wow. Shoot. And that's what's happening, man. You're making, they're making that grape drink. When I grew up, I the grape Kool-Aid, you know, yeah, I dude. love grape drink, you know, <laughs> and so, uh, but they're drinking it too. So they're drinking their own hype and, and then it becomes, I'm wow. going to release a prophetic word for fame. Wow. And wow. so you wow. don't care who it hurts, what it impacts or the ramifications of what you've released. Even if it's released out of time, they're releasing words that don't have any direction to them, no wisdom to it. What about what's next? Right. What about after, you know, I, I had a vision I'll share with you privately sure. of, of something I saw coming to America. Sure. And uh, I'm holding it close to my chest, but I'm praying and I'm fasting because it's not enough just to release a vision. You have to release direction. You yeah. have to release wisdom. What is That's next? Good. What That's is really this? Good. What do we do? And, 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 and that only comes through process, that type of maturity. And some things you're not even supposed to release. Um, so, so that's, that's my struggle right now is that we have a generation that's, that seems to struggle with submission. They look at submission as a bad thing. Um, and, and ultimately it comes, it, def it comes down to, um, their relationship with God and his word. And the word of God is the highest level of authority in heaven and earth, right? Above prophecy, above the gifts of the spirit. It's the word of God. And we've got to be submitted to it. We Amen. have to be anchored to it. Amen. You know, and so I'm in covenant with his word. And so when I violate his word in order to operate in the spirit, I have violated his spirit. Wow. Wow. And then when it comes to being a prophet and then wanting to be mm -hmm. accountable and under authority, I imagine that there's probably a lot of guys out there or gals and they have a legitimate call to that office. Sure. And they are looking, they're looking for that. Um, and uh, and this is a question in regards to the relationship between mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the the prophet and the apostle. I think that there's such a beautiful uh, example of this and the relationship between Lou Engel and Cheon and what they have what they have modeled and seeing Lou come into what he's been able to come into because of people like Cheon and Mike Bickle and these other apostles that mm -hmm. partnered with him in his mm -hmm. gifting. But I would imagine that that would be hard to find. And so sometimes I wonder if, if, if it's easy to make accusations against mm. unsubmitted prophets because they are not connected with a... But I would also imagine that, that it must be difficult to find a place where it's, where, it's, where it's empowering, where you have people that trust you, not trying mm -hmm. to control mm -hmm. you. And so what has it felt like for you being a prophet and mm -hmm. having a desire to be, um, I don't know if you care for the term fathered or to sure. be a part of sure. you know, something like that. And, and what do you think it's like for the younger generation where there's a legitimate call, but they just they, they can't really seem to find that dynamic where, where, they're, where they can be mentored and covered 
Well, I think it's twofold. Number one, God doesn't make singles. He makes doubles. He said, man, it's not good for man to be alone. Amen. Yeah. So wherever there's a prophet, there's an apostle. Wow. And even more than that, Darren, is that where, wherever there's a call, there's people. So we go back to the word that says, submit yourself to one another. Wow. Right? So humility is the key. Amen. And the problem with gifted people is they look at people and they measure their gift against their life. You know, and, 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 and so, you know, I, I look at men, strong mentors in my life. And if I try to if I try to quantify the gift levels and I try to, and I bring them into comparison, how is that fair? Because wisdom and gifting are two different things. Right. What gifted people need is wisdom. They don't need they don't necessarily need the same gift set ruling their life. It's they good. need someone with wisdom so that they make it. It's good. That's what Paul said. I want to get to the end of my life and made it. Yes. And so, and so the, the, the spirit of competition has to leave and humility has to be our aim. We have to go low. Wow. And we have to submit ourselves to wisdom and we have to realize that if, if we do recognize a call in our life, then that means within the same immediate proximity, there are people that we should be able to submit to. Wow. It's just the truth. Yeah. The, the Bible never lies. It's a, true 100% of the time. So if you're gifted and you go to a church, you should have no problem submitting yourself to one another. You know, we all need each other. We're all learning. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And then for you, what's it like being a, a prophet mm -hmm. and then pastoring? And, uh, and, and you know, have, do, yeah. you have, do, you have, do you ever have people say to you, like, what are you doing, Pastor? You're not Pastor. You're a prophet. Yes, of course. Because yeah, I, I, hear, I hear those kind of, kinds of, of things said about other pastors. Well, they have no business being a pastor. They're an evangelist or they're a teacher. So. You know, I, I, I bought the lie for a long time. Yeah. And I would tell people, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I'm a prophet. And even if I'm here, I'm not a pastor. Yeah. Right? And the Lord told me one day, he said, I send shepherds after my heart to my people. Wow. I said, huh? Right. He said, you're denying the very fiber of what makes you great. He said, it's your love for me and your love for people. He said, it doesn't matter what office you're in. If I call you to shepherd, I call you to shepherd. That's good. And so God had to change the, the dynamic of even the way I thought about myself. So being a prophet doesn't mean I, I get to have whatever mood or emotion or desire I want. So he told me, he said, I want you to pastor. I want you to pastor as a prophet. That, that shepherding might look different, but you're still a shepherd. Yes, yes. And if yes. you're not a shepherd, then you're a wolf. Right. Boom, son. <laughs> wow, come on. That's come the only on. two options. If you're in that role and you don't have the heart of a shepherd, then you're a wolf. And you need to step out. You need to Come get on. out of ministry. Come on. This thing's about Jesus and his people. And so you better learn how to love. <laughs> you better learn how to do it, right? And so the shepherding as a prophet looks different because um, I'm, I'm huge on discipleship. Okay. I love discipleship, yeah. right? And I think that the greatest tragedy of anybody's life is standing before God and never making a disciple. Wow. Wow. It, it was the last commandment of Jesus before he left the earth. Yeah. So, so I'm huge on discipleship. But outside of that, you know, we're hungry for the move of God. Amen. Right? There's this desire to go more. And you know, prophets, man, it doesn't matter if people are swinging from the chandeliers. They leave going, there was more. 
<laughs> we could have went deeper. There was another it. window open. We missed it. You seen the door in there over there? We could have <laughs> <laughs> totally missed God tonight. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pastors are just like, let's go to Jack in the Box. Yeah, you man. Know? Like we churched in it an hour ago. We did right, this thing. Right. That is so funny. That is so funny. Well, um, when it comes to what's happening right now, uh, truly unprecedented going through a uh, a global pandemic, and then looking at the, the possibility, well, seeing the title World War III mm-hmm. in the headlines mm-hmm. every single day, um, and looking at what seems to be escalating and increasing mm-hmm. in intensity um, every morning, you know, seeing, seeing the headlines. Jonathan, what do you feel like the role of the church is right now? Yeah, good um, question. You know, how do, we, how do we posture ourselves in prayer? What, what, what does this look like as we, as we pray, as we stand because um, of course we, you know, what should we do? Sure. We should pray. Yeah. Okay, how pray? Pray, pray, Jesus. Yeah. Well, how do you? How? What kind of clarity? Our Father. Yeah. Who are in <laughs> pray this way. You know. Pray this. Way. Um, first of all, we're in the greatest days that ever existed. Come on. I mean, these are the glorious days of the church, man. And so, first of all, we don't cry. We don't mourn. We don't get discouraged. Um, I talked about it last night, the spirit of self-preservation. That's so good. Oh, we have to be delivered of self-preservation. This is not a time to hide, run, and build bomb shelters. Man, let's get out there and do the work of Jesus Christ. Yes. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than following the outline of the gospel of Jesus. Feed the feed the naked. Or feed the naked. <laughs> 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 Listen, even the naked need to eat. They need to eat. <laughs> surely, surely it's they like do. It's like a new show on the Food Network. Surely. <laughs> okay. I'm very hungry and I'm clothed. Feed the hungry. Yeah, you know, so yeah. feed the hungry, clothe the naked, you know. <laughs> clothe the hungry. Clothe the hungry too, yes. you know, all of the above. Um you know, you know, you know, deliver the captive, set them free. That's miracle signs and wonders. So this is what we have to push. We have to push into the original DNA of what Jesus died for. Yes. Right. And so instead, listen, seed time and harvest never ends. The Bible says in Genesis 8, as long as the earth remains. So if you want to be taken care of, you have to take care of someone else. Yes. When tragedy hits and you stop sowing, you've already started prophesying to your life the, the needs that you're going to be in need and want. Wow, wow. Right? So if, if, if we want to be taken care of, guess what we needed to go do? It's seed time and harvest just isn't putting money on a stage. We physically need to go take care of people who it's have good. needs. It's good, it's good. Right? So the advancement of the church becomes real easy. Get back to what Jesus said. Get out to the streets. Go do the gospel. Don't try to save your life. Don't try to preserve your life. Guys, if you die, you go to the greatest place ever existed in the presence of the living God to worship Jesus all the days of your life. That doesn't sound like a bad deal. It doesn't sound like a bad deal. Now, I I understand that I've been to war and bullets have flown by my head. So maybe I have a little bit of, you know, going on up there. (laughs) But the reality is I, I... Beyond that, I've encountered Jesus. Wow. My friend, I'm going to turn into a crybaby. The greatest moments of our life are not here. We've been in the presence of God, man. Can you imagine a day where that's all we do? Eternity with Jesus. And we're trying to save this life for what? 
what is here that's greater than the presence of God? The only time, the reason we try to preserve our life is because there's some sort of doubt about our eternity. That's where self-preservation comes from. Wow. It comes somewhere inside of you. There's something that may still doubt if it's really real. Wow. So you try to preserve what is your reality. I feel the presence of God right now. And so I'm not living to preserve Jesus, to Jonathan. I'm living to encounter Jesus. And so if World War III comes, I'll still be doing the work of Jesus. And if four or five or six or seven, whatever happens, if in the good and in the bad and the up and the down, man, let's just represent Jesus. Yeah, come on. Let's go get it, man. Come on. Let's see the miracles. Let's see. See, most people don't see miracle signs and wonders because you don't put yourself in a position to see them. Let's go get it, man. Then I'm telling you, you know what I foresee with this house? I see such a spirit of evangelism hitting this house, yes, man. Yes, come on. Yes. I'm telling you, it's going to hit like a storm. Yes. Groups of people are going to be on the streets. They're going to be healing the sick and feeding yes. the hungry. Yes. And, yes. and I'm come telling on. you, man, it's going to cause another explosion to happen. Yes. You know, and so what I would say to World War III is whatever. What is that to me? Right? Because my job, my, my, my posture never changed. Right? We had a group going to Poland right now to help with the Ukrainian uh, people. We're sending money. We're sending food. We're sending everything. I told them we have a building fund. I said, take the money out and send it. Wow. Let's, not, what are you, right. let's seed right. into the Ukrainian. Right. Let's go feed the hungry. Hey, whatever. You know, I don't care. Well, well, it was set aside for this. I don't care. <laughs> That's awesome. Guess what yes. God can do? Fill a bank account. Yes. Come on, come on, come on. But guess what we need to do? Fill stomachs. Yes. Do you understand? And so it, that is a spiritual maneuver. So what we're doing is we're, we're fulfilling the kingdom. And so, um, Darren, I say, man, uh, we're in the glorious days because the glory of God's driving the church and the people of God. And we're going to see crazy, amazing outbreaks of God. Amen, amen, amen. And everybody said? <laughs> amen. Jonathan. Love you. Love who love you, you are. Man. This has been incredible. Yeah. Man, last night, God this is morning, it's so wonderful. Uh, wow. It's such an honor to call you a friend of this house and a personal yeah, friend. Man. We got to do this again, all right? Let's do it, man. Thanks Guys, for Guys, Jonathan Stidham, let's thank him. Hey.